in a world crying out for a top 10 show. John Roca and Matt Nost are here to bring you the top 10. Take it away, boys. everyone welcome to a brand new live episode of the top 10 show uh, i am one of your co-hosts i am the outlaw john roca joined as always by matthew Noth. matt how are you hey, hey all right uh you know i'm good good life's good you know what i mean not to talk about the weather but the weather's been nice a little overcast and cool before you know just you know the heat's coming so i'm trying to enjoy this this depressing you know weather for most of the country but for for us or for me at least it's like okay enjoy it it's another nice day out it's gonna be hot as balls in no time <laughs> right exactly yeah. uh it will be yeah you know how it rolls through it's uh, down here in san diego a little bit of overcast the last few days mm-hmm. we've had a couple of days of sunshine but now it's back to overcast which is my kind of yeah. days so i like them for now um but yeah certainly it's going to be coming hardcore uh, with that, but thanks to everybody who is joining us here. You know, these are things we're, we do these shows once every two weeks, uh, live shows for our $10 and above patrons as a way of saying thank you for being a patron at the $10 and above level. And thank you for supporting mm-hmm. the top 10 show. You get to have the topic ahead of time. You get to hear the show or watch the show ahead of time. Uh, and uh, that's one of the perks that you get. So shout out to all the people that join us. Josh Sachs, uh, Mason Sasser, Robert Haley is in here as well. Rishi Chandra Sakar. I hope I'm saying that correct, man. Uh, who else? Uh, yeah, those are it for oh, and Drew Enns and Dale Varley. Dale Varley, Lemke's in here. Machine Gun Lemke is in here, bro. So, this is going to be a heck of a show already. I can tell. Uh, um, yeah, well, I hope Drew is in there blessing the masses because I've met some of those people, <laughs> and you know what I mean? They're like us, they're like yeah, us. Drew yeah. seems like a class above, a class above. Class I know, above. and now that I know he's watching, it's it, son of a gun. I'm gonna have to try and not cuss as much, or that has more of an effect than, uh, than my parents. <laughs> it does. I can understand that. I can, understand well, you know. <laughs> You're playing with supernatural forces at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Philippe's mentioning here, thanks for the early show, Matt and John. My state in Australia is going into a three-day lockdown, so I need a good start to the weekend. Wow. Is it getting hairy down there with Australia and the COVID situation? I, well, is that what's happening? My favorite is, is Japan. Lockdown? Japan is going into a big national lockdown. Oh, really? In the, wow. uh, the uh, yeah, yeah, starting today. I, I don't know for how long, but... The Olympics is three months away. Right. And they insist on having it in Japan. Exactly. That's, that's part of the headline you'll read. It's the, yeah. uh, the, the first thought I had is they're going into a lockdown. Hey, the Olympics. And before I can even finish the thought, it's the next line of, and the Olympics are still on. <laughs> okay. I mean, I understand what they're trying to do. It looks like they were going to be able to make it. They put all this time in, in, totally. in doing money and, it was supposed to be last year, got canceled, pushed to this year. And if we push it another year, it's a, I don't know, just, it's a big hassle for for everybody. I understand, but you got to take into account people flying in. I mean, the U.S. State Department just said you can't you can't travel anywhere. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Mexico and, and Canada, I believe, are out, but I know Mexico is. Wow, it's, uh, there's a 
108 countries they added to the list, I believe, is what I heard yeah. on the radio. It's madness. Josh Sachs just said, what's Josh Sachs is uh, MN Ontario, Canada, and we're in the midst of a six-week there you go. stay-at-home order. Wow, Canada too, huh? Jesus. It's getting hairy out there. How did we – it's mind-blowing considering how we fumbled this thing, uh, how we've come out on top, and now we're uh, uh, the envy of other every other country or most of the other countries – who have this COVID situation kind of exploding back again in their uh, yeah. countries. Yeah. yeah, but we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, just in that, uh, I think it's two things, a national strategy and the yeah. fact that we produce a bunch of those vaccines. So we get first dibs Yeah, and then we send out others. So we get more than everybody else. Uh, that's why we're kicking a lot of ass right now, but it's still, I'm not, you know, it's good. And I think the leadership that was supposed to be a hundred million in a hundred days, and they got, and then conservatives came out. There's clips floating around the other day of conservatives just saying, "Look, I'll be impressed if they make it to 200 in 100 yeah. days, and then I'll be impressed." That one, uh, it's a congressman with the eye patch that had to go on SNL because they did a, oh yeah, a sketch that was, you know, it was in- insensitive. I understand, but they sure. brought him on and sure. had Crenshaw, him. Dan Crenshaw. Yeah. There you go. <clears throat> um, yeah, the clip with him was like, they made it to 200 and. But we got, we got abundance, baby. We got, you know, a cornucopia of vaccines. So that's why we're kicking ass and giving out vaccines. Yeah. They're handing out uh, vaccines on every corner here in California, California for sure, but uh, out in most of the country. So, you know, too bad you can't travel in. You travel in, get vaccinated, travel on out. You know? Well, now we hit the problem of those that don't want it. You can't convince them to take it. And oh, no. will we hit a number that's going to hit, you know, get us to a herd immunity overall as a society. I love how so many people are doing videos of themselves, you know, like Triple H did it uh, over the uh, last couple of days. He released a video of himself getting vaccinated. So even in the like standard entertainment you would see from a certain section of the country, uh, them being fans of. Uh, even the people who represent that entertainment are trying to be like, take this goddamn vaccine yeah. so we can all come back and do everything uh, like we used to and get back in the stadiums, get back in the uh, uh, together at clubs and bars and restaurants and sports bars and what have you. Just take this damn thing so we can all be safe. Yeah. But of course, people are, <laughs> you know, people are crazy. You know, even Trump's doing it. And I'm not trying to get political, but even Trump's like saying, should I do a video? Melania got, they all got vaccinated. Your, if your leader got vaccinated, you should be getting vaccinated. I don't know. It just seems weird to me. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm not taking shots. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. There are always going to be people that are skeptical, but when you feel the fires of it, sure. it ends up swaying others. And now they're kind of stuck in this. I still don't, I don't trust it. I just don't trust yeah. it, which I understand I, there, there should be some hesitancy in that they rolled this out really quick. Right, right, right. And Anyway, neither here nor there. That's not what this show is about, baby. And and to be fair, it's happening on both sides because you're having, you know, basketball NBA players who don't want to take it, NFL players who don't want to take it because of the history of vaccination uh, in our country towards uh, uh, people from the black community. So you get it all sides, but you're right. That's neither here nor there. That's not the show. Just yeah. where we randomly go in terms of our topics and, and conversations well, before we we start. It's hard, it's hard not to talk about because nothing else really happens still. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. So you don't have a whole lot to talk about there. She comes a, up in my, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I got a question for you. Uh, uh, Mortal Kombat came out today on HBO Max. A, are you going to see it? B, are you a Mortal Kombat person at all? Um, I mean, I liked Mortal Kombat the first couple that came out. I played them. Okay, so the video I, games, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I have an affinity to it, but they've already made a really terrible movie. And the fact that uh, 
this one's not getting well reviewed, although it's not getting dunked on from nope. what I can tell. Right. It's not getting dunked on. There's some mixed reviews, but not. Yeah. It's not getting destroyed um, like other Mortal Kombat movies. Yeah. It's not good. Last I saw, mm, but it's mm. not apparently the worst thing. I Maybe I'll eventually see it. Yeah. I, I'm not too jazzed for it as of right now, but I, okay. you know, I still, I watched Kong and knowing more than likely it wasn't going to be my cup of tea and, you know, spoiler alert, it was not. Right, right. Uh, so, I mean, I'll watch a, in my opinion, bad movie, mm-hmm. but I just don't, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem like, unless someone tells me it's good, it just doesn't yeah. seem like it's going to be, I might fall asleep to it eventually type of movie. Yeah, I got you. Uh, uh, what about, uh, what about, uh, how about my wizards, pal? How about my wizards, pal? Oh, here we go. Are you really celebrating this? Listen, they look good. What a seven game winning streak. This is really good. They're beating legitimate teams. They beat the Warriors. Yeah. Come on. You don't want to, you still don't want to give them credit. There is no credit. I look, I've been staring at my bulls in that 10th position for so long that it's, it's irrelevant. It is utterly irrelevant. You're going to get smoked. No way. It's nice that you make the play in game, but you're going to get smoked. You're not winning uh, two straight in the playoffs. No way. That's a, that's a complete utter lie. I don't care who we play in the playoffs because we've seen Philadelphia implode uh, multiple times. If we play, uh, if we play Milwaukee, maybe that might be an issue with Giannis, but I, I don't know. I think we have a shot and I don't think we're going to stay at 10th. I think we're going to go get into seven or eight. That's a possibility. I think that's still in play. I don't know. You, no, have- you, you can't get to seven or eight. Really? We're only five games behind or four and a half games behind. 13 and a half out of first. Okay. Miami's eight out and they're in the seventh spot. You need to chance. run the table and those <sighs> other teams go 30%, all of them, to, to right. jump. But primarily, you know, Miami. I just don't see that happening. <laughs> and then you got to play two. Now, you do have Russ has been in high leverage moments. You got that oh for God. you. In yes. that two game, but there is also the propensity where Russ is going to be like, I got this, and he shoots eight of 27 or something, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that was a bad night. And there's only two <laughs> games. I don't, when Russ gets it in his mind that he's there to play, yeah, it can bite you in the ass sometimes. There's 14 games left, man. So it, it's, it's not an easy task. You're right about that. No. Running the table would assure it, but. Yeah, because there's going to be ups and downs, obviously, from exactly. 7 to 10. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the Celtics don't look that intimidating, for God's sakes. No, but you need to go minimum like 65 70% over these, and everybody else needs to falter hard. Yeah. And that's asking a lot. It's possible, but it's, it's asking fun. a lot. You're right. You're right. But the Knicks have won eight in a row. The Knicks are in yep. fourth place. Good God yeah. almighty, man. It's... Tim but Bell, dude, it's man. it's getting it's getting hot out there. <laughs> There's a lot of interesting teams, and it's tough to tell who's going to do what at any given time. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this: Were yeah. you a fan of this Euro Super League thing before? Oh, probably- the the football thing. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't necessarily a fan or not a fan. I understood it. Like, I got why people were upset about it. Mm-hmm. I also understand why these owners did it. Like, look. You're a powerhouse team and you have a legacy of decades. So in some cases, centuries where your team has constantly been in conversation, constantly at the top of a league, 
uh, and so you want to be in a situation where you're assured that you're going to get a massive payout and you're going to get and you're never going to get relegated or knocked out of this league. You're always going to be, uh, you know, in the league. Yeah. Um, and after the COVID situation and all these clubs lost a crap ton of money, I was reading this morning about a French League One club that is going possibly in bankrupt because the American owners pulled out because they can't afford to fund them anymore after COVID. So when I see these clubs who've lost so much money because of COVID make this desperate move to create this league and being funded by JP Morgan, they're each getting almost $4 billion each to stay alive and to be part of the league. I understand why you would consider it. I understand why you do it. On the other side of the coin, I understand why fans are super upset about it and why these English clubs eventually pulled out of it because the uh, blowback was massive. Uh, and I think a lot of people felt like they were trying to destroy the game. Uh, I saw Americanize the game, which I'm like, greed is not exclusive to America, ladies and gentlemen. But I don't I understand the purpose. Dude, yeah. I mean, yeah. they, they, they NASCAR'd up their uniforms and stadiums long before. Yeah, yeah right. We've been holding off on that. And it, I don't mind the NBAs now. It's fine. Yeah. But if it turns into ad across the front plus the smaller ad and now everything, it looks like Euro basketball, that to me takes away from kind of the spectacle of it, the majesty, so yeah. to speak. Um, well, but and the smaller clubs. Yeah, I do think, though, a tournament like this might grab the attention of America, your last final crown jewel mm-hmm. of reducing all these leagues just down yeah. to the cream of the crop so we can figure out and create fan bases over here. I think that would actually work. That's when I heard it was announced. I was like, that's right. that's kind of smart. And then uh, somebody else had called it the Super Bowl. Basically, they're trying yeah. to create the Super Bowl. Yeah. And then uh, since heard that repeated a couple different times, it just it kind of makes sense because then we can yeah. choose from but the blowback and... I don't, yeah, I'm not as immersed in the league. So I fully understand when it's corrupting. Because if they did that in the NBA and it's screwed over or the NFL, I'd be like, what are we doing? Right. What are we right. doing here? Yeah. Um, and the idea of relegation, you know, it's such, that's such a part of the, the football culture in numerous countries, uh, you know, outside the United States. So what they essentially saw was them trying to create an American version of a league. Mm-hmm which is these 15, no matter what their record are, yeah, stay these up. Are so it would be weird if you're like, you would lose your ability to be in the Super League. And let's say my team, Liverpool, had won four games the whole season. They still get to stay up. But if you're like, you know, seven yeah. in 17, 16 range, you get knocked out. Uh, but I could Liverpool could be 20th and still they stay. That's where I think it was a bit yeah. kind of like, um, uh, I, I don't know, out of whack. I, I don't mind if you create a permanent Super League, like a permanent Super League of 20 to 30 teams, let's say, and they play each other every year in the cha- every year in the Super League, and the winner is the winner. I'm absolutely cool with that because those are the 30 teams every single time. But how do you make it so that another team that's coming up and wants to shot at the riches and blah, 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 how do you let them qualify for it yeah, that's the question. So, I mean, I yeah. think these are the things they'd have to negotiate and navigate for sure. And it gives an unfair advantage to those teams when they go back to the regular leagues because they have this extra income. Yeah, to yeah. now sign whatever players, and then there's they're just going to be clobbering the other. They have a good shot of always maintaining being yeah. better. 
That's just yeah. an unfair advantage. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But I did think, ah, it's a one way to penetrate this market. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But then it uh, fell apart just as quickly as it was announced. So that's yeah, fine. Yeah. But I mean, a couple of the clubs still uh, that are in, I think, Spain or Italy, they they want to make this happen. So the, obviously this is a response to the Champions League situation. Because to be fair, you know, do you want to play on a crappy pitch in like Salzburg somewhere as part of the Champions League? I mean, just there's, slagging off on Salzburg. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm not trying to. I know people went after me for accusing some of the pitches of being dirt pitches. I get they're not playing on dirt pitches, but you could argue they are playing on lower <laughs> quality pitches uh, in in some of the smaller towns in so, like in Germany or someplace. Like that's the pot. That's the issue you run into. Uh, and I think some of these players who are really high paid millions of dollars of players, they don't want to play on that pitch and ruin their career. Uh, it's like playing at veterans way back in the fucking eighties on that AstroTurf, you know, I just, I just love it. Last week you were uh, hesitant to join me in saying that potentially that Halloween shop was a drug front. And that's a fictitious idea. That's like a abstract obtuse no, you're conjuring this individual in your head and this week you're like salzburg salz hey guess what guess where you can stick your shitty turf <laughs> right up your keister buddy and drew that's as clean as it gets uh, uh well because no because what you said is not out of the realm of possibility it's actually probably yeah, more real than, saying, a, than a shitty pitch in salzburg <laughs> salzburg we know there's an entire community around that that's this true is hypothetical speculation as to the individual's identity and what's right. really funding this. And that's an abstract I thought. This is this is yeah. real. This is hypothetically real. Yeah. Well, our 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 uh, show reaches through a lot of spectrums. So okay. I would be afraid that maybe one of those guys working there in a higher power comes out. You get two us, so. Salzburgian thugs on your door tomorrow <laughs> doorstep. I don't mind tomorrow night. Guys. In some day in a matching tracksuit type of thing, <laughs> just black on black. You say something about the pitch? <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> I, it might even be uh, you know, I, I, everybody assumes Adidas. It could be something different. I don't know. <laughs> here's, your, here's your here's your pitch. Boom! Here's your pitch. Uh, anyway, yeah. So we'll see what happens with that Super League, but it's it was certainly very curious. But I mean, the angers, Matt, really surprised. People were like super pissed, yeah, uh, about it and uh, protests and people like resigned their positions. Uh, Manchester United had that uh, I forget his name Woodward, I think stepped down, and he had been the uh, the president with them through all the shit. Uh, and different managers, and he stepped down when Manchester United went for this thing. So I was really surprised by some of the reactions overall. So, yeah, I mean, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll see what happens for sure. We will see. Um, uh, anyway, from afar. that's for sure. All right, well, let's uh, let's get into our list here. Let's talk about our topic. It's the top 10 opening scenes of a movie. That's what we're getting into today. We've And it's uh, sponsored by uh, one of our Boss Hog patrons, right, Matt? Who is that? That is Sam Fernando. And oh. uh, at the very end, um, provided he is still ready and able to go, he's going to jump on and read his list at the very end. Nice. And uh, normally we'd have shout outs for today, but we'll do it next week. So you'll yeah. get the first Tuesday of next month. Um, uh, and I do want to say something, man. A tragedy happened. Uh, Jay Goldeneyes, I'm sorry. A hole, something pierced the top of the bongos. So sadly, 
Matt, what had been our bongos for so long, there's a little there's a little less well, of a bounce to it. So, yeah, it happens. It happens. You know, we've had them for years, Jay Golden Eyes, but maybe it was time to re-up. So if you want to send us a new one, feel free. I'm just saying. <laughs> sure. Shameless. I'm so shameless. Yeah, or you could take it to a music store and be like, can you put a new head on this? And they're like, sure, it's $8. Oh, is it? Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. I can do that. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, well, you, <laughs> you loosen those bolts on the side, and it's a little skin, and it slips off, and then you put the next one on, and you just screw those in, and it stretches it, I believe. That's the process. Oh, okay. Just stretches right. over the top. And then you can adjust the tightness or loosen it, depending on what type of tone you want. You know, you can... You can create this and be it'll be the musical instrument that you've always wanted. That's true. I like that idea. Jay Goldeneye says, I got you guys. Don't oh thanks, Jay. All <laughs> right. Perfect. <laughs> Jay, DM me on Twitter. I'll send you my address. You can send it to the thing. Make sure it's brownwood this time. I like a little brownwood. Oh, you don't like the uh tiki type of yeah. uh I'm not the biggest fan color of color hue beach wood. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, we'll we'll figure that out. Uh anyway, so top ten opening scenes of a movie, as Matt was saying, uh uh brought to us by a boss hog patron. Might come in a little bit later mm-hmm. to read his list. And Drew Enns has volunteered to do the bongos already. So maybe we'll have Drew come back on the show as well Perfect. to do the bongos, since mine are sadly broken by my own mistake. I'm sure I put them in the closet and something fell off in the closet. Yeah, it happens. Uh, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm it's, you've had it for years. I really have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And it does get used. It's not like it's sitting in some. So, yeah, it's going to happen. It sucks. But what are you going to do? Well, Matt, when you were approaching this list before we start, like what was your thoughts on this opening scenes of a movie? Were you trying to focus more on the like your actual personal top 10 trying to putting in some newer movies you know we've tried to kind of change lists up lately what was your approach uh, compiling your top 10 list for this uh topic i it's a near impossible task mm, yes agreed thousand percent agreed when i you know i knew going into it it's like this one's gonna be tough and then started doing it like technically you need to kind of think about every movie you've ever seen Mm-hmm. because depending on the context of what the movie is, that scene could either be bombastic and it sets the tone that way, or it's mm-hmm. a character study of the individual. Um, but it's a great way to introduce them. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's just so many possibilities. I, I went through, I literally was pulling up movies as many as I could think of and trying to find them across, you know, various platforms. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I mean, like, let me just wa- watch the opening five minutes of this if I can. And yeah. I did that just to stack up because there's so many different ones to choose from. It's near impossible. Yeah, I, I, I tried to look at it with a lot of uh, I, I think I echo a lot of your approach, Matt. But I was I was also trying to be clear. Am I watching the opening of a movie or a great character introduction? And that's okay. what I was trying to balance out for mine. I'm like, I was opening scene. I was trying to eliminate the ones that looked like they were just focusing on introducing the character versus introducing the world of the movie. So I was very trying to like make, and I didn't, I don't think I was a hundred percent successful uh, in a couple of spots, but overall I, it cost me to cut some out. Like I was like, Oh, there's like 40 I could do of opening yeah. scenes. And that's being like, that's just cutting it off where you could probably go hundred to 200 incredible opening scenes of a movie because that's what lays the groundwork for what people are about to watch. You don't like to waste the opening scene of a movie. No, you don't. Mm. And 
Um, yeah. So I, I'm assuming we'll probably have a couple that overlap, but uh, yeah, perhaps you'll have a few that I don't have and I'll have a few that you don't have. And, uh, you know, we'll meet in the middle. And that is how we do the show. <laughs> Way to go. Boom. <laughs> Thank you. You ready to jump into this? Let's do it. Let's, Let's do, it. do it. So at 10, um, I have Tombstone. Ooh, oh. Ah, of all the westerns, you're gonna fucking choose the opening well, of Tombstone. Also, sometimes openings, <sighs> like the God. opening, is like three, two, three scenes in a western to really kind of give you all the nuances of what's going on here. If we, mm-hmm. you know, have to introduce, so it's like I, I can't count the first <laughs> twenty-seven minutes of this as the opening. It's just not happening, right? Um, so this one is just the introduction of the characters in this story that I don't know. I kind of know the Earp brothers and I know the OK Corral and Doc Holliday, but mm-hmm. who are the cowboys? And it's just, it's them riding into some, uh, town in the Southwest could be Mexico. I don't know. And they show yeah. up and kill a guy on the day of his wedding and then ultimately kill the priest. And it's a, it just lays the groundwork for who they are because they, it's a good they're point. Dis- it does. yeah, they're despicable. And yet at the same time, Powers Booth has a certain charm, which comes out much, you know, numerous times throughout the the movie later on, even though, you know, he's terrible. And Michael Biehn is uh, just excellent. He's so cold hearted that great casting on their part. And then when you look at it now, there's so many different people like, oh, shit, look at that. Uh, You know, the the guy that went on to be an avatar and then thereafter. Stephen Uh Lang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there he is. He's Ike. And, uh, oh, what is it? Cor- Corburn from Northern Exposure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in that little opening there. And, right. uh, so is a dude from, um, uh, CSI Miami, who was, uh, the taller dude with the mustache who was always talking to, uh, Caruso throughout the whole show. He's in, he's one of the Cowboys. I'm trying to so, think yeah. if I've seen CSI Miami. <laughs> I liked CSI, the first one, a lot. Yeah. Especially when it first came out, a lot. I watched it. I enjoyed the living hell out of it. Um, Yeah. But the the Miamis and then NCIS, I've never seen one of. Oh, gotcha. I've never seen NCIS, yeah. Yeah, and it's like Law & Order. There's numerous iterations and people just, I don't know. It's made for people that uh, that like it and uh, watch it and good for you. Yeah, I can't get into the factory shows. Chicago hey. Fire, Chicago MD, Chicago Janitor, Chicago I mean, Like I just, I can't do that shit. At NCIS LA, CSI. Like I, I never got into that. I, CSI Miami. I think I watched for one half a season just because I loved Caruso at NYPD Blue. So I was trying to like, in my own spiritual way, yeah. support the dude for coming back to television because like he got a raw deal in movies and took certainly took a lot of hits to come back and do a series and it was successful. Shout out to him, but like, um, I don't really like to watch those kinds of shows. But for Law and Order, I watch, and Law and Order Criminal Intent, I enjoyed, but I didn't like SVU. That's when it went too far, right? And yeah, I tried nice. watching the new one with Maloney. No thanks, man. No thanks. It's not. Oh yeah, it just came out, didn't it? <sighs> yeah, it's not. He's dude. I, I, how can I say this correctly? Because I'm gonna get in fucking trouble. But like, at some point, you don't want to watch your badasses age. And see them keep trying to be the badasses they were twenty years ago. You're like, yeah. Well, unless you, you pass this, yeah, yeah, you age into it realistically, like Liam Neeson. Right, that's a different situation. He's not high kicking dudes. He's not doing all that. It's more like what is the style where you use your opponent's 
force against them and it's all yeah. defensive moves and that's more of what his is he's just using the momentum and energy that the other dude has to put him right. in a shit situation and then bah, bah, like rabbit punch breaks two right. ribs or something that i'll believe when you get older right um yeah i'll but, be intrigued but, with the next indie i want i want to believe that <sighs> a damn near octogenarian can do this but <laughs> come on now come it's on now. the god's honest truth i'm not well, slagging Brito, off man Listen, I've loved Harrison Ford just like you have yes. uh, my entire life. Yes. Literally yes. my entire life. <laughs> so I have zero problem. Keep, I, I'm excited to see it. I hope it's great. Yeah, fine. Yes, agreed. Yeah. Even if people are saying it's shit, I will still see it. <laughs> you already have me. You have me at Indy. Yeah. Um, but anyway, great cast on Tombstone. And I think it's because I... It's a nice introduction to the the only players in it that I didn't have any real working knowledge of coming into it. So gotcha. to, to open with them as opposed to the Earps, I think was a smarter choice too. Right on. Yeah, yeah. Make, Fair point. Fair point. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. What's um, your nine? My nine is Patton. Oh, let me see where that is on my list. Uh, no, I didn't put it on my list for the reason that I said earlier. It's just an introduction to him. Oh, right? okay. And so for me, I just felt like that's but, a great introduction of character, but I'm not going to ding you for it. It's a great opening of a well, movie. I know what you're saying, but yeah. he is this larger than life persona. Absolutely. Like when you watch it, this is who Patton was. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I'm just speculating and guessing, but he thought that was perfect, except yeah. he needed to look bigger. <laughs> probably right the probably flag was right. the flag was dominating so i love the grand grandiose scale <laughs> but i should be bigger on that screen and you're like that's perfect he believes all this bullshit yeah and the close-up of the gun with his uh you know uh, uh not inscription uh monogram on it monogram right 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 uh, on the handle, on the ivory handle, and just to see this person that truly believed in every inch of fabric was part of his skin. Yeah. The, the, it's 100% who Pat Patton thought he was a living God, except wasn't allowed to exist as a God. Right. Right. And that's a very specific ego type. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's one of the greatest speeches ever delivered on film, too. Uh, it, it's good. I mean, Put your hands yeah. in the, the goo. <laughs> just so nonchalant. Yeah, it's not patriotic, or it, what is it? Is it patriotic to die for your country? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I can't remember specifically. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, yeah, yeah. so let the other guy die for his. Yeah. Let him be the mastered. idiot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what are you going to be telling your grandkids when they're sitting on your knee, huh? That you shoveled shit. <laughs> it's essentially the Henry Five speech. Like of Agincourt, ah, right? Okay, he's, sure. he's a bench. He's essentially delivering that level of speech, and I'm. And I wonder if Coppola has ever given an interview because, of course, he wrote the movie. I wonder if he's ever given an interview if that that speech influenced th this speech because it is absolutely the same thing. You know, some of you are worried that you won't know what to do the right that you won't do the right thing when the time comes. You will. You'll know. You'll know. And it's the same thing. How uh, uh, Henry V is inspiring the troops there in the Battle of Agincourt, saying, mm -hmm. you know, like, you know, whatsoever, I, you, you, we're all brothers, you know, you, you're my brother. I'm a king, but you're my brother because you're willing to die with me in this yeah. battle. So essentially elevating them to his status, you know, so yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, I watched a great clip of uh, an account of a speech that Alexander had to give to his troops after they had just been kicking people's asses for so long wow. and eventually his troops were like i want to go home 
and they started to potentially leave. And he stands up and gives a speech where he's like, you can go home. I'm not going to stop you. But then turns it on them and saying, look at the amazingness that we have created together and how you've elevated your people from this nothing to now the world conquerors. And you can go home, go home yeah. to your, and they just boom, you buy rights. But have I not, you know, entertained you in essence, right. that kind of vibe of have I not given right. you everything you ever asked for? And then they stayed and they continue to kick some more ass. <laughs> and <it> just, <laughs> those speeches apparently do exist, but it, uh, it comes from, you know, accounts of a couple of different soldiers. Yeah. So yeah, they piece yeah. it together and it was also a long, long time ago. But anyway, yeah. neither here nor there. But yeah, good speech. I, it just, I think it's a great introduction to Patton and that is the movie. It is all about this man, this, this ego-driven, but wildly successful general. Yes, true. Uh, anyway, so that's right. my nine. What was your eight? Uh, my eight is Amadeus. Oh, so, dude, shit. Salieri, and then them finding him, and he's oh. trying to kill himself, and they go to the mental institution, and the dissolve from there of where he's ended up in a loony bin um, to why the 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 desire okay. and the passion that he had, he had given yes. so much up to God, and it had driven into his sanity, thereby committing suicide, which would violate the yes. tenets of what he's upheld the in his entire life. That is the start and gives you a great ah. explanation who that is. And it just fades right into Mozart and it's this giddy yeah. frolicking little shit. And he just didn't understand. Fuck. It's great. Show. I just changed it on my list. You're absolutely, it's my number eight too. Yeah. Oh my God. I totally forgot about that. How could I forget about that intro? That was the intro. My dad loved that movie. Loved that movie. Just, and, and the music. That's, but the thing is, when he's talking to the priest and he's like, do you know this one? It was, and the priest doesn't, it was so celebrated. In Austria, and it's time. Trust me. Fucking trust me. And then he starts playing. He gets so pissed. And he plays yeah. the Mozart, and the priest starts singing and then finishes the line. And the he's got a smile on his face, and he looks like a fucking cobra. Yeah. Like, what a great introduction to Salieri. That. Uh, yeah. That I appreciate it more every time I watch it. Oh, yeah. Is, to get those performances from F. Murray and Tom Hulse. Yeah, dude. And, and Jeffrey F. Jones. By the and way. Jeff. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. but I know, Jeffrey I know Jones he's did what he Grata, but he's 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 memorable. He's great. Yeah, he's great. Unfortunately, Jeffrey Jones has done a lot of those type of parts in movies that I enjoy. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's a fucking great choice. God damn it! Yeah, so that, oh, it oh, dude, great choice, man. Uh, all right, that was your eight. That's why this list is impossible. Go ahead. I know you're so fucking right. You're so fucking yeah. right. All so right, my, my number ten is uh, Deadpool. Okay, sure. I mean, that intro for a superhero movie at the time that we were at with superhero movies, to have an intro that was so incredibly unique, slow motion, the CGI of it, the jokes inherent in the credits, and the voiceover, and then playing Juice Newton of all fucking songs. uh, I just, I thought it was a brilliant, brilliant introduction. Uh, and it's one that I wanted to put on the list uh, because it's more of a current movie. And I felt like this is one that belongs in the conversation of the greatest opening. 1000%. Right. Because this list is impossible. I didn't yeah. think about it. I thought about others within that genre. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah. But I was like, I'm going to try and keep it to not do, because I could do five over there and five uh-huh. of these and five of those. And it just became a lot of, I searched through directors 
IMDBs and going, am I missing? What about this one? What about this one? And right. just trying to jog because literally every movie that's ever been made is in contention for this. Thanks, Sam. Of course. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Thanks. Thanks, Sam. It's a good idea on paper, man. It's a good fucking idea on paper. Yeah, but Deadpool's great. I didn't even think about it. You're 100% right. Deserves to be on this list. Right. And it's the one that I was like, it's a character intro, yes, but it's more of an overall intro of what this movie, the Mm -hmm. the, uh, mood of this movie is going to be, which is a very serious car accident. People are uh, in danger, but uh, also the jokes are inherent throughout the whole uh, mm-hmm. thing and so i think that was just such a great intro and the yeah. visuals of it are astonishing just yeah. absolutely astonishing great way great use of so, slow-mo yeah exactly. The, exactly the jokes are fantastic and it fully sets up the world once again you are 100 percent right and I this wish- was at a, a time when when matt when you know people were trying to you know take these superhero movies so serious and it was guardians of the galaxy and deadpool i think that kind of broke people out of that and we're like yeah we can have fun with these things and not lose the stakes so yeah absolutely True. Um, all right, so then my number nine is the opening of Up. That's a punt. Yeah, okay, cool. All right, fair enough. Uh, then we said Amadeus is wait. All right, what's your seven? But uh, my seven is the Lord of War. Oh, yeah, the bullet. Yeah, the go bullet. ahead, man. That's great. Just it was such a unique way to introduce a movie that I actually enjoy, but it's kind of cheese. Yeah. Um, but I think Nick Cage is great in it. Yes, but the idea that you know, we're talking about a weapons, international weapons dealer, and those individuals do kind of exist and how you get into it and then where he ends up. Yeah. But to, to open on the journey on just a bullet from its manufacturing process to the uh, uh, shipping, like getting into the crates to out to this, to this, to being fired. And it's just like the journey of that Yeah. Uh, is representative of the movie as a whole, because this is nothing more than just profit, death on profit. And, right. Uh, rather than focus, you know, it's you're focusing on the problem as much as the person, I guess. But the problem is the primary because you may have heard a few of the players, but they're never going to loom large as large as international weapons, at least in my head. Yeah, because he's not the only one. And then what other countries like this is just a massive problem. And he is one part of this hugely massive problem. Yep. And then the bullet is also a much smaller part of this massive problem. When you turn, you know, fucking munitions and shit to a business and you're selling them from country to country, it's problematic every time. Agreed. Agreed. And it's a great, you know, um, <coughs> kid, Nick Cage rarely breaks the fourth wall. And he does such a great job in this intro, breaking that fourth wall, looking at you directly to stress the point of what this intro is showing you, of what this intro is trying to do. And the use of Buffalo Springfield for what it's worth, which is a, you know, a, 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 a peaceful protest marching song against the corruption mm-hmm. of the government. It, it sp- fits the spirit of what they're trying to show you is that, you know, these things are have now progressed to the point that they're being sold all across the world. And the bullets are being used to kill kids in certain situations oh, yeah. and all of that. So the protests should still be happening. This kind of uh, uh, a protest against war should still be happening. Um, but we're just so caught up in our own lives that we don't think about the process about no. something like this goes about. Because the person way back in the beginning of the creation of the bullet is just happy to be able to pay their rent or put food on their table yeah. or put their kids through college. They're not thinking about what they make leading to the death of a child in another country. You know, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, once you industrialize war, 
Yeah. This is inevitable. That's why when the, the Soviet Union or the Russia collapsed, or Soviet Union rather at the time, uh, right. one of the first things we did was help secure the nuclear weapons. Yeah, of course we did. <laughs> well, because everything else was up for sale. There's a documentary yeah. about a drug dealer trying to buy an old Russian sub uh, <laughs> from South America. It's it's okay. I can't remember the name of it. I watched it like a year and a half ago or something. Yeah. Uh, the Odessa Project. Is, I don't fucking remember. Okay. Um, so, I mean, this legit happened. So, and they're, they're all firing Kalashnikovs and using AK-47 rounds. And it's just... Yeah. There's extra munitions, man. And uh, it's, it's brutal. Absolutely. But a great, great way to introduce them, at least to me. Yeah, definitely. I agree with you. It was hard to keep it off the list. It was hard only because I don't have as much of an affinity for that movie. But certainly, that intro is undeniable. That's true. But undeniable. I think the uniqueness of the intro is also what elevated a little bit on my list. Thousand percent. All right, what's your six? Uh, my six is Pulp Fiction. Yeah, go ahead, man. I had to choose between two, so I didn't. I didn't okay, go you chose with the, the Pulp other. Mm, yes. Well, I. I, ch- I had to choose between those two. Two others. Mind. Yeah. There's yeah. There's two, two others. others. Yes. Yep. One of which I need to rewatch. Apparently, <laughs> if oh, we right. get to it on yours, that's yeah. Okay. Uh, just so many people love it. I I don't know. Yeah. That third act killed me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I I like it for their almost incidental characters. They are incidental mm-hmm. characters in the overall structure of the story. But yeah, it's a nice kind of, I guess, foreshadowing on the craziness of the overall movie after this, that if we open on these two borderline, I'm not sure what kind of psychosis each has, especially her. Yeah. Because he's trying, you know, Tim Roth is trying to stay cool, calm, and collected, and she's just a powder keg waiting to explode. And when they jump up at the end, all right, you motherfuckers, you believe it, because she's just been so like, hey, 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 yeah. Hey. Like on edge the whole time, and it's eerie as hell. Is there? Yeah. All right, this is what we're gonna do, honey bunny, honey bunny, and <laughs> the calm before the storm, and know that erupts there, and then immediately the the music, and you go into that surf, that and it's like, oh, perfect! I am so jazzed and ready, just like a building, letting it, letting it, letting boil, and then boom! But we explode into title credits, and it's just like a punch right to get into the story. Yep. Agreed. And we only go back to visit them sporadically throughout. And that's what I liked about it because it's more representation of the mania of the overall mm-hmm. you know, uh, ebbs and flows of the story thereafter. And these characters don't really mean a whole hell of a lot in the grand scheme of things, but they're fantastic. Yeah. And it's the kind of like, how can I say this? It's the kind of like nondescript back and forth you probably hear at a diner, right? Like, And then the dude being kind of a dick to the waitress kind of portrays or tim roth being addicted to the waitress kind of portrays Mm -hmm. his point of view on the world that you know he kind of uh he's he's a thief he's a he's you know it's a pick he's a a stick-up artist all this kind of stuff because he doesn't think about these people as people to him it's their means to an end to get to money so he can stay alive doing whatever or pay whatever bills or get his drugs or whatever he's doing i don't know whatever he's doing uh, so he doesn't even see her as a, as the waitress as a, somebody needs to respect in any way, shape, or form because he might actually have to kill her to get the money or whatever. But she, it's so great. You're right. The juxtaposition where you think in the in the booth that it's Tim Roth who's kind of leading this conversation that he's the alpha, and as as this pops up when this pops off, 
she steps out and it's a great shot by uh tarantino with the camera mm-hmm. to show her as, as in a powerful position a strong position and her and amanda Plummer at the top of her voice uh with the uh, gravelly part of the higher end of her oh. voice saying that is so great every motherfucking last one it's perfect she is it's some of the best casting yeah because her i mean that nervousness intenseness that she almost always brings to a role yeah the here is amped up to the uncomfortable other times it's like you know charming and shy yeah uh but there's a nervousness with with her portrayal on camera yeah Uh, and just as to see it used for this purpose is so fantastic. Yeah. Instead of the meek mouse that she normally plays. Which she actually- becomes by the end of the movie, right? Yeah. When they when they get out of there, because she clearly loves Tim Roth's character so much that that's the one thing that finally calms her down eventually. Uh-huh. And when they leave out of there, she's totally like in his arms being walked out of the, you know, so she's back to being the 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 meek little. So clearly there's a lot of emotional shit going on with this woman that this guy has figured out how to kind of like work with. You know what I'm saying? So it's madness. Yeah. Such madness. Um, all right. What's your that was my six? six. That was my oh, that six. was your six. Sorry. Yep. Uh so then my number seven is the other ta- well, one of the other Tarantinos, uh Reservoir Dogs. Um okay. oh, I fucking love this intro, man. And I will I go back and watch this intro all the time. All the time. The only reason the other ones are higher is because I just think the film over films overall attach them a little bit of higher quality. But this intro is Tarantino, an announcement of a director. And a movie and these characters all being introduced with the interactions that they're having about tipping about, you know, uh, Toby Wong, Toby, all of that. You're getting a great uh, glimpse into each one of these characters, the Madonna conversation, all of it uh, that leads to that tipping moment. And then, boom, maybe the greatest slow motion, badass walk scene. They're not even running from an explosion or walking away from an explosion. It is great. And that song underneath Little Green Bag, fuck me, man. It is just a great intro. And I always feel like a badass when I'm watching it. I always get the vibe of a badass when I'm watching yeah. it. So I love that intro. Um, and yeah, so, yeah, it's great. and it's always stayed with me, dude. It's always one of my favorites I go back to. So, yeah. Um, I, I I love that intro. It's it's utterly fantastic. I, had, I mean, I was, it was between these two. Yeah, yeah. And I just like the mania of the tipping scene and all of that. Like no one writes dialogue like that. That's somehow believable except for Tarantino and just the rat-a-tat back and forth and all the interactions. Um, Everybody knows their character insanely well. Right. So they're playing them to a T. And then the subtle little things you learn about the movie as a, as a whole, because Tim Roth's character is the one that tells Joe, who didn't want to put the tip in when nobody else would narc on him, thereby foreshadowing who that character is. And you don't realize it the first time you see, at least I didn't until someone pointed it out. And I was like, Oh, you're right. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. Um, Also, you see the alpha battle between Michael Madsen and Harvey Keitel in a mini that's going to come up later in the film, right? That uh, you you shoot me in a dream. You better wake up and apologize. And, you know, Matt, we've been around dudes growing up. We know what it's like to sit in a table full of guys. No matter how great the conversation starts, eventually it'll default uh, or devolve into dick measuring about a subject. Always figuratively, right? Not literally, but figuratively. It'll always devolve into that. 
Uh, and it it does in the movie perfectly as the, the conversation goes along. You know, it's about who's the most, who's the toughest fucker in the room, who's the better person in the room. Oh, yes, man. it's brilliant. Yeah. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, all right. So then my number six is, oh, uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Um, okay. Great choice. Dude. I rewatched it again for this, just because any excuse to rewatch that movie. Okay. And I rewatched that opening again. Man, it it the guts you have to have to create an opening with hardly any sound. And of course, it influenced what Tarantino did in the Orenichi fight between her and Beatrix Kiddo in Kill Bill Volume One. Mm-hmm. That whole sound is like all of that. It's just bone, just absolutely silent. And yeah. then the train comes in. You see the flies going on the face. Great, great thing. The rain coming off the roof onto the hat. All of it, the sound work is great. And you just feel the tension building and building and building until the train comes and the train leaves. And there's Charles Bronson harmonica. And then, of course, the shootout that in, uh, uh, ensues. So as far as Westerns go, I think this is the greatest intro to a Western ever. And uh, I had to put it on the list because it's just brilliant what Sergio Leone was able to do with no fucking dialogue, yeah. man. Excellent choice. Totally didn't think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, I thought no, about as many okay. movies as I could. We've got every, so many. Exactly. Every movie is in contention, man. So you forget. There's no way you can think about it. every fucking one. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Thanks, Sam. Thanks, Sam. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, a, but, that's the next bumper sticker from us. Just thanks, <laughs> damn. It's perfect, right to the point. Maybe enamel pins. I like it. T-shirts. Let's make sure. it the whole lot. <laughs> oh, it just was. It's just such great. And and Charles Bronson. If you ever if if you ever want to go back and remember how great Charles Bronson is, watch well, this whole movie. But watch the intro for sure. I think you should really phrase it as you want to see why Charles Bronson had a career for so long. Oh yeah, good point. Go back and watch this. Yeah. <laughs> and a couple others. That's There's a, a reason point. people were enamored with him. And then he just became <laughs> Mr. Majestic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Woof. Oh, all right. Uh, we're off to your five, man. What's your five? Uh, my five is The Matrix. Oh, good choice, dude. Good, good choice. It's an, you know, you have to set up so many different things about the overall world that are foreign to yes. us. Yes. We don't know what's existing. And to see this really weirdly all black leather clad woman, but I mean, the, come in, freeze guns on her, and she's just sitting at that, and it goes from regular speed to the slow motion we had never seen, and it yeah. still looks just as good today. Oh, yeah. Uh, and just zips, and then she's pop, 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 and kicking the shit out of all these people, and it builds, 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 and then the release of what in the world is finally going on. Yeah. Um, yeah, when she jumps off and goes through that window and then down the stairs and stops, assuming, like, she really thinks these dudes are coming? Yeah. <laughs> that was amazing that she made that. Uh, yeah. But the, to set up the fear of, look, when you come across an agent, you run. Yeah. And as good as she is in these moments, she's terrified and needs to get the hell out of there. But uh, I think it just, it, it captured my imagination from moment one. It closes at the very end. It just sets up a, a nice opening chapter to a book that I enjoyed the living shit out of. Mm. And then uh, hopefully the fourth one can, can bring it back. Yeah. Um, we shall see. We, we shall, shall see. see. Go watch the Animatrix. That's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Animatrix. Good. 
is stellar, dude. Yeah. Stellar. Yeah. If it's you, the best non original Matrix Matrix movie. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And hopefully they keep that vibe for Matrix Four, that kind of approach to the original and Who the Matrix. Yeah, I know. I don't I know. I'm gonna see it, but I don't have much faith. Yeah. If it gets mixed reviews, I'm gonna be super disappointed because then you're like, why'd you even fucking do it? Like we were already we have two mixed reviews films already, or you're over, being generous. Oh, yeah, I know, I know you're right. I'm sorry. Overly hated films for sure. Um, but there's still good scenes within both. Obviously, that the the, yes. the the two 18 wheelers and reloaded. And I think the battle scene uh, against the, the machine is yeah. fucking stellar, man. With those but, mech units, those guys out there, in yeah. the big things and just, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's boy, pure machismo. I'll see all the bullets fly down. It is gorgeous to watch. But everything that it surrounds is. in that movie, there's a lot. I don't want to say everything, but yeah. I would I would say 75 percent of what happens around that scene and yeah. maybe one or two others. I just don't care for yeah, the philosophy of it all, the the Merovingian, no, all of that shit, just fucking annoying. But I've heard that they might be bringing back Merovingian. If they do, I'm gonna be super fucking pissed, man. I don't want nothing to do with that guy unless they unless they decapitate him. That's the only reason to bring him back. Yeah, Ugh. uh, great choice, man. I love that intro. You're right. I remember watching that in '99. I'll never forget the experience of seeing that movie in '99, and just the whole opening of her and and then when they spin the camera around her in mm-hmm. midair. The leather pants, all of it, the whole thing, the cops, Hugo weaving, the green hue, the green and black hue of it all. Yeah. Just a great, great presentation of what this movie is going to be about. I really, really wanted to put it on my list, but I'm glad you put it on yours, man. Um, all right. Oh, we have to my five. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my five is uh, The Dark Knight. Oh, uh, that is, is that my four. Okay. All right. I, again, uh, I rewatched this intro for the thing. It's, man. It's just so brilliant. It's simple, yet uh, just full of tension the whole time. And the switch from person to person as it's all happening, and then you're hearing right underneath this like strained note. It almost feels like you're choking an instrument. Uh, You know, it's it's great. That's the first thing that comes to mind is just that. Yep. It's kind of like, uh, you know, when you see in movies and a grenade or a bomb goes off some by somebody and it's the tinnitus that you get and like, hey, but it's much lower and it just right. kind of puts you on edge. I, I the other dude, um, who's like uh, the Joker is like this, yeah. this weird noir character come to <laughs> yeah. life, like a Dick Tracy fucking villain. And it's perfect. It's true. It's true. It's, <laughs> but it sets it up and you're like, all right, like it gives identity to that individual behind yeah. this, just having this mask. And, um, yeah. yeah, it's just pitch perfect. And yeah. you don't really know the when he you know pulls his mask off and just the stranger. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a beautiful introduction to Joker and who is the star of this movie. Absolutely. Yes, he is. He is the star of this movie. Batman in a way just happens to be in it. He is the star of this movie. And the precision and it's also a tease by Nolan of the kind of precision he is going to bring to this movie. Like Batman Begins was good. I thought there were a couple of stuff that it's a little awkward or clumsy. In in Dark Knight it is clean, clean, clean and perfectly done throughout the whole movie. Him staging that whole thing so he can get to what he want to gets to gets to and then timing him pulling the bus out at the same time as a bunch of other school buses are going just all of it it lends yeah, itself that, the, the, that's the, the part genius. that stretches the sure. believability 
because then that means more than likely you have to hire all these buses. And right. You had to get all this because you'd be easy to spot. Otherwise, yeah. they just call it in. They have radios. Right. Like, a bus just pulled in front of me and it drove out of a bank. I'm at right. such and such, such and such. I mean, that people are going to notice. Right. Uh, but all the buses he hired, like you said, if you hired all those drivers and all those buses are paid for yeah, all those buses. Phase right in. It all, it's perfect. Yeah, yeah. All of it. Uh, that's what Joker does. You know, they fades into being the fake cop when they yeah. go off. Yeah. Like it's, it's just for whatever creates anarchy, he is more than happy to do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And he's really good at sliding in between, uh, in between things and going unnoticed to do the things that he, that he's going to do. It's, it's genius. Um, all right. So what's sh- that's your number four. That's my four. That was my five. So then my four is uh, Citizen Kane. Had to put it on the list, of course. Uh, I th- I figured you would. Yeah. 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 You're I not mean, wrong. Uh, no. That's right. Uh, this one, uh, just because of how it affects me overall um, and how it intro. And look, I know I, I tried to avoid. I don't think it, it, it intros the character for sure with the rosebud and all of that, which initiates the whole movie. Mm-hmm. But it's also what it shows you, right? The decay of wealth, the decay of society, the decay of what was once great. And as you're, you know, as you hear the the ominous music from Bernard Herman right at the beginning, and you see the darkness, and it's at night, and you see that the 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 fence is essentially rusted, the no trespassing sign is full of dirt all over it. You see the weird monkeys, you see the random canoes out there unused, you see the algae in the water, you see the overgrowth of the trees, all of it just showing decay of what was once great. Which is, of course, what's happened to Cain. It's the decay of what was once great from the inside out. Mm-hmm. And as you go through level through level, then you go in, and of course, you, the music builds to a crescendo of the of the light going out, and then uh, and then dimming and, and coming back, and then dimming, which is essentially Cain dying. So just all of it, and seeing the nurse through the broken snow globe, the idea of holding the snow globe, the quick close up into the snow globe. Which of course looks will is a nice little foreshadowing of what we're going to see the last time he was happy, yeah. Was, uh, when he was a kid, uh, playing with his playing out there in the snow uh, where his mom was. So all of it, just a great, great intro, perfect, perfectly done. Not a word spoken, um, and it just worked. And then boom, right into that newsroom, which doesn't count as the opening scene, but literally, you know, it's a perfect sure uh, uh, a juxtaposition. So yeah, uh, it's a great choice. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't have the affinity for uh, like you and I know. I, know, I, I would I imagine know. the the bulk of people do. I mean, I, I understand all the arguments for it. Right, right, right. It just doesn't have the resonance with me. I got you. Um, it's probably because it was built up as the greatest movie of all time. By the time you know, I'd seen it, and yeah, that's really high praise to live up to. That's hard praise. That's hard praise. Um, all right, where are we going, brother? What you got? Three. Uh, three. I've got the punt from earlier up. Oh, okay. Ooh, damn. All right, go ahead, my man. Well, I don't I, I I don't enjoy the movie after the intro, but the intro is so good. Yeah. That it's impossible to deny. Like, yeah. In eight to ten minutes with what, not a word spoken? Mm-hmm. Maybe a small, like a small one here or there. But by and large, most people the first time upon seeing it especially almost break down, if not break down when she passes away. Mm-hmm. 
about a character that you have known for an animated character you've known for nine to ten minutes yeah. and you've destroyed. Yeah. It's amazing. It is it's some of the best filmmaking you'll ever see. That's mm-hmm. why it's an opening scene. Like the rest of the movie, I don't, but that Jesus, that is a gut punch. I don't care who you are. Yeah. And it still has the effect, not as much on me as the first time I saw it, but it still has an effect to this day. Yeah. And uh I mean we haven't even be one thing if the if you're watching a movie and that happens at the 50 hour and 55 minute mark type of thing. And mm-hmm. that's why you like the movie. You enjoy the experience or whatever. And then you fully understand these characters and can identify with whatever else. And they do this in nine to 10 minutes. Yeah. It's impressive. Agree with you, man. It's, you know, and that's when you got to give, and I know you're, you're, you're big into animation a little more than I am, Matt. And certainly uh, you got to, you know, that like the design of these characters has to be so perfect. The animation look and design of these characters as we get introduced to them as kids and then as they age and into this relationship and then what happens when she stumbles on the hill, we have to immediately feel an, feel an affinity for both of these characters, right? Mm-hmm. The young kid who's a little bit uh, shy and the girl who's a little more of the go-getter, a little more of the uh, uh, you know the instigator in this situation, the look of the goggles, the smile, all of it, the, you know, the, the books leading you into this moment where they're together and the job and his smile, the sweet smile of Carl Fredrickson working his job, the kisses, all of the, the adjusting the time, living their lives as it grows. And then she stumbles and dude, I know I'm, I'm almost, I might start crying talking about it. It's like, it's so, so perfectly done. So perfectly done. And I, but I think that's why it's lower on my list because the rest of the movie doesn't live up to what yeah, you introduced. You know, I think, I think it has the inverse effect. That's yeah. how good that scene is. Yeah. And I don't I don't even care if I ever see the rest of the movie. I will yeah. happily go back and watch this opening nine, ten minutes yeah. whenever you want to. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I've told the story many times. It was a it was, I think it was a year after my dad had passed, and I saw that scene, and I was a fucking mess in the theater. Just a mess because it was so real. Yeah, so real, dude. So viscerally, perfectly done. And you're right. That's one of the perils when you make an opening scene like that, Matt. Is that the rest of the movie has you got to live up to it. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, cool. Yeah, that's my three. What do you got? Okay, uh, my three. Let me pull up here. My three is Blade Runner. The opening of Blade Runner. Totally didn't think about it. Go for it. Oh man, I thoroughly, thoroughly fucking love, obviously, this movie, but the intro. Just the intro, the the Van, the Vangelis or Vangelis, however you want to say it. When that music hits, the synthesizer music hits, and just the eye opening, and then you see this landscape, Los Angeles, twenty thirty AD. You see the, you know, they tell you the story of the replicants, sort of give you the background, all that, but just the opening, and then the fucking fire coming out into the into the night, the uh, pyramid-like construction of the buildings. Um, yeah. the the music as it plays, the technology that you're seeing that still would work in 2021. It, that 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 special effects is so great. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lights throughout the building, all of it, just the intro of walking in or flying into this mixture of uh, essentially what do they call it? the industrial revolution and technology and the advancement of technology working at the same time. And that music just playing underneath. It's a vibe. That whole intro is what the kids like to call today a vibe. So the whole intro just puts you in the mood of what this movie is going to be about. You know, a battling old school 
thoughts, old school or universal de- uh, situations uh, in a futuristic world, you know, like mm-hmm. the greatest, the great sci-fi does. It's just that whole intro, man. I could watch it on, on a loop over and over again. It's so, so fucking great. So, yeah. um, a, uh, the first off, I think it's Vangelis. Just, it is. Okay. I, I believe so. I've seen it uh, both. I've heard it both ways. So I try to be like, uh, okay. I've never heard of, I've only heard Vangelis. Yeah. So have I, but then someone said Vangelis the other day, who I trust. So I was like, mm, is it? so all right. Even even if it is Vangelis, I think it's Vangelis at this point. <laughs> I think that's fair. You know, it's like GIF and GIF. I I, I understand it's generated image format, but we all right. say GIF, so it's we fucking do. GIF. <laughs> um, so uh, I hate to say it, Vangelis, but who knows? Who knows? Maybe you can turn it around. <laughs> yeah, but sci-fi is really good about that. It's taking a story that can fit any time frame and just putting it in a futuristic kind of setting. But it's the same yeah. moral questions that you have today. Just now, oh, it's more acute because they can hyper-focus yeah. because of this specific technology onto this, you know, yep. specific problem. Uh, yeah, it's a great choice. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, man. All right, uh, let's go to your two. Uh, my deuce is Raiders. Yeah, I, I I don't have the affinity for this intro like everyone else seems to have. So please knock yourself out. Really? Yeah, I just I see. I love it. It's the action before the action that they did in that, and then in uh, Last Crusade with him going after the artifact as a kid, and then it flashes forward mm. when he's on the hunt for it, still onto that boat, and yeah. it just it's a it's Indy is always out doing this, is what it's saying. Yeah, yeah. We're just along for these very specific when he goes for the really high value targets is when we decide to watch, you know, we're assholes yeah. about it. Uh, and, but the whole thing showing up to this now jungle covered mm-hmm. former temple. And it's got crazy booby traps. That's it's amazing to see blow darts coming in the yeah. giant boulder, the, the floor, uh, you know, collapsing underneath and there's all the spikes and then the wall drop, everything, everything yeah. you ever think of that you've seen in a movie like this, all thrown into one. And it works so beautifully. There's a great story from Alfred Molina about getting cast in it. Uh, you know, so there, he met Spielberg at Hotel Lobby in London and Spielberg was like, I think you'd be good for the part. And it's a fun part. It's not big, but it's fun. And Molina's like, sounds great, man. Because this is his first movie. Yeah. So... Any young actor is going to be like, uh-huh, you got it. You got it. Yes. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> you're, you're Steven Spielberg. Yep. Uh-huh. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And you're excited and do everything else. But as he's getting ready to leave, um, he's walking, you know, out the door and Spielberg is like, oh, hey, just are you, do you have any fear of spiders? And he was like, no. And walking out, not thinking. <laughs> and, you know, he's just like, hey, no problem. And when he's at, uh, uh, so he gets a call, gets the part, and he's going to like fitting or something, yeah. something like that, where it's pre, and he sees a dude walk past with briefcases that have, I can't remember the type of plastic that he calls, but it's a see-through, you know, plastic type of thing. There's all these little individual compartments with what looks like hay in each one, and he's like, that's weird. <laughs> and then he's there the first day to shoot his scenes, and it's on a on a soundstage. And uh, they're like, all right, let's get Spielberg's like, let's get the spiders. And he sees that dude walk out with the two briefcases. And he's like, wait a second. And he pulls out all the tarantulas. So here's, here's the best. 
the best part of it is, so he puts all these tarantulas on. They all turn out to be male and they just right. stand there because the handler tells them, he's like, they'll, they'll only move if there's a female on you or they get disturbed. Otherwise, they're oh, just wow. going to hang out. Yeah, they'll chase the female because of the pheromones that she's giving off at all right. times. So Spielberg turns to the camera on the and they're like, what's up with these fucking spiders? <laughs> they look fake as shit. Do they not move? Let's get them to move. And they're spraying like air guns at him to try and get him to move. And they're not doing anything. So they put a female on Molina. Oh, shit. And Molina's like, then they start going bananas. And they're just <laughs> running. So he went from, they're cool, it's chill, it's chill, to what the, what is this? What is this? And uh, Spielberg yells cut at one point, like after the first take. Oh, and he's like, Alfred, you gotta, you gotta look scared. He's like, I'm scared. I am scared. <laughs> So great. I mean, I I heard that story like two years ago. I was like, uh, what a great. You're a young actor. Of course you're gonna say yes. Yeah, of course. But I, I love all of it. I Indy's one of you know my top favorite characters yeah. in all of cinema history. Totally, man. So it's a beautiful introduction. Even though I like Last Crusade as a movie overall whole better, mm -hmm. I still love this intro. And uh, I prefer it over Crusades. Um Yeah. But, no, it's a great intro. I'm not going to, of course, I'm sure many people have it in their top five, if not one uh, uh, intro, but whatever reason, for whatever reason, I'm like, it's a good intro. I just don't, you know, feel that magic of the film okay. uh, necessarily in the same way, but sorry. <sighs> well, like I say, I'm not judging. I'm not judging it yeah, at all. That uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, so then my number two uh, is a 2001, a space odyssey. Sure. Go for it. Yeah. I mean, this is this is my cup of tea, right? You know that, and and just the whole intro of man, right? Technology, the bone, the cavemen, the monolith, and then when it leaps forward into the future, mirroring the space station, what it transitions. But it's it's the message of the movie right in the opening, right? Which you obviously don't know until you watch the movie, but it's the message of the movie: this idea of man always trying to reach for more, even though what they have is enough, always trying to reach for more and essentially bringing about their own destruction because mm -hmm. they need to have the answers. Why do we have robots sniff it? Why do we have robot dogs working for the NYPD to quote sniff out drugs? Why do we need that? Right. It's the desire for uh, tech to, to show what we can do technology wise. I think We're, it's go ahead. cheaper and quicker. Yeah. And I think it's ridiculous. Man, it's, it is though. It is. Yeah, but it's. Oh, why? Why do we have to do it? Why do we have to do it? You're moving people out of jobs so that you can be cheaper and quicker. You're moving, moving people out of situations out of jobs. so you can be cheaper and quicker. Oh, you're moving dogs, out of, but also the dog handler, the dog. Yeah, uh, the they're just going to be a regular dogs. cop. How do you know that? You don't know that. You're because just making still a, a cop. They're still, still a cop. Making, I'm sure they get. I'm I'm fairly certain they're still a cop. And then maybe they get dog handling training. And then maybe they get shot on a call on the next call instead of well, if it's a drug sniffing dog. dog, then they wouldn't have it out on a more than likely on a call that's going to have active shooting. You know, oh, they're in an I'm glad you know how the entire police department works. I don't. Oh, it sounds like you do. It sounds like you do. I think this is another Halloween store conspiracy versus Salzburg <laughs> being real. What one we know they use them for drug sniffing dogs. I'm we don't know saying. if they take them on Miami Vice escapades. I don't. I've never seen police <laughs> stories. Just, that have well, that. that's just an example, right? Let's extend it out. We're seeing all these Boston Dynamics videos of these literal human being type robot creatures that are doing that are doing things. And eventually, yes, whether you want to believe it or not, no, you don't. They will achieve AI, and we're fucking cooked. And I'm just, 
once again, and that's why I like the intro because it shows that this idea of man always wanting more, not happy with just what they have. And I mean, man, woman, so humankind, not just happy with what they have, always reaching for more and, and then fighting for to have that thing that indicates more and killing their fellow human being for that thing. And we'll always yeah. do that. And it's a repetitive cycle every fucking generation until we kill ourselves out. And that's the irony of it. Quite possibly. That's the irony of it. Like, Quite you know, we, we never appreciate life because we're always trying to get a better one. We never appreciate the current one because you're always trying to get a better one. And what does that lead to? Space baby. Space baby. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I wish I wish I loved that as much as everybody. Because I love Kubrick movies. I get it. No, I know. And that I one know. just never. I mean, it's I. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love watching it, but I'm not engaged or engrossed yeah. the way that others are. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. All right. Let's move on to your one, man. What's your one? Uh, my one is Saving Private Ryan. All right. See, I. I okay. Go ahead. What? I, I didn't put it on the list uh, because it's a 25 minute opening scene. I just was like, uh, this is a battle scene, so I, I couldn't put it on my list. But. It I is the way, opening. In no way do I fault you. In, the movie. Yeah, I'm not going to fault you, bro. It's a great scene. Because tonally, they ne- they never go back to that. That shows mm-hmm. you the chaos of everything. True. So because it's so dissimilar from the rest, I'm also more willing to accept it as the opening scene because they kind of, I don't know. I guess you don't necessarily. It shows the immensity of the war and the idea of just going to get one soul yeah. in, in the midst of all these people. And they... Right had that discussion as the movie goes on and of finally culminating in the earn this mm-hmm. um, like in all of this you need to make sure that the the lives like lead just everything you're saying before but enjoy enjoy the life lead a good one right a lot of people sacrificed for you um, you know to have this you and your family um, yeah to take advantage of it but the immensity of the problem and to go from only being able to try and mentally visualize what D-Day was like to seeing something that those who were there said, that's as close as I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And it felt pretty real and triggered PTSD, you know, symptoms in certain individuals that saw it. Okay. But yeah. it is thoroughly gripping, immersive, and gets you right in the middle of the war. And also to see the immensity and how small one person is in the midst of this huge machine. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I think. Think it's a perfect intro. We talked about saving private Ryan a bunch of times. So yeah, it's a great intro. Yeah, certainly. Uh, you know what Tom Sizemore goes through, what Tom Hanks goes through, getting on the beach. It was the most, and so many, like we said, so many World War II veterans. We've said in the past said this is the most realistic interpretation mm-hmm. they'd ever seen of what it was actually like. Um, and it inspired Band of Brothers down the road. This film yeah. did. Uh, so certainly a more realistic and that idea of just like the the fucking transport door coming down and immediately just so many absolutely wiped out right i mean the whole time just think about that you've been trained you're ready to go you go overseas you're getting in that transport that morning you woke up early got your food you're in that transport you're nervous am i gonna live am i gonna die within seconds you're fucking dead it's just crazy like it's just crazy to think about the randomness of that exactly for those that lived yeah i know i've said it i said it one other time maybe another but um that uh, uh the boat bringing them over the APC yeah. or whatever yeah, yeah. it's called. The odor coming from wafting up from where your feet are, from guys vomiting, guys shitting themselves and pissing themselves, because that's inevitably yeah. going to happen. I'm not besmirching any of the men. I yeah. can't imagine what it's like 
to be on a boat and know you're going into machine gun nests. Yeah. Certain perched death. everywhere. Yeah. 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 The hundreds of bullets flying at you every hundreds of bullets yeah. flying at you every second. So, so now those that lived, the sense of smell is one of the strongest to trigger memory. So if they yeah. catch it like a very specific tinge of puke smell and it reminds them, they flashes their mind back to that day and to have to live with that. Oh my God. Just cropping up or like you go walk into a truck stop and just the worst diarrhea you've ever seen. And the scent hits you and you're like, it smells just like D-Day. Yeah, like, wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. And then you're now reliving. I, it, I was so engrossed from that moment. I mean, I'm a bigger fan of it, you know, as a yeah. whole than yeah. you are. Um, True. But yeah, I love the intro. Yeah, I, I, again, I won't besmirch you. It's a phenomenal yeah, intro. Just in, in my mind, I was like, "Oh, that's a twenty-five, you know." Yeah. But I totally get it, dude. Totally. Yeah, I um, just another one because it's like it's 35, 40 minutes, and it's like five different locations. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's all part of one thing, but no. Right. Um. So then, my one is a, a, a war movie as well, but not Saving Private Ryan. It's the intro to Apocalypse Now. Okay. Um, that's my number one. I mean, there's no greater intro for me to a movie by far. Just the whole beginning, the fucking doors, which I'm a fan of. This is the end playing the shot of those, uh, of the tree line and then the napalm dropping into the tree line, all of that. And then like the going dissolving to Martin Sheen laying in the bed, uh, and then seeing, you know, the, the fan and then all he goes through as he's like kind of coming back out of this and then his voiceover, you know, all of it just kind of leading to where, where he finally wakes up, which is, I think it's a nine minute, eight minute intro of the movie, but it all just kind of puts you completely in the mood of what this film is going to be. And yes, it does introduce you to Willard, but it doesn't really introduce you fully into Willard until later on in the movie. But it's certainly a great intro of like this whole idea of what Vietnam did to people, how that this mood is going to, that this movie rather is going to be a, a, like a fucking psychedelic mind trip the whole time you're watching it. And it's, yeah. it's going to feel real and not real at the same time. So it's just such a perfect intro. And again, the lyrics of this is the end playing underneath the whole time. And in essence, echoing that this is the end of American, um, what do you call it? I don't know. Superiority. Yeah. Yeah. Or just the end of the illusion of that Americans are always doing the right thing. Yeah. The greatness of America. Right. Right, right. The innocence, the end of the innocence. That's what it is. The end of the innocence of America, right? Which essentially is what Born on the Fourth of July kind of tries to do as well. You know, a lot of Vietnam movies, exactly, to destroy this idea of what it actually is to serve in war. It's not as glorious as people, as your dad or your grandfather told you. Yeah, sad as it is, as it is to say, it's easier to fight a Nazi. Yeah, yeah. Than in another war because it's a clear, defined evil. Yeah. Um, I see. I see people here upset that we didn't put the Godfather on there, and it's like I get it. I get it. So do I? I thought about it, man. Yeah, I yeah. got a lot of honorables, but uh, you know, a, a number of these opening scenes are some of my favorites. Like, look it up. Yeah, and yeah. that's not. I think it's yeah. an excellent introduction to Corleone, but it's such a huge, expansive. There's so many characters that we don't see in that scene. Yeah, that you need. I, in my opinion, if you're going to count it as one of the best opening scenes, but who am I to tell Francis for? I'm not telling him to change the movie because I think it's perfect. <laughs> I didn't stack it up to these others. They, I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it, no, it's, for tough. Me, it's an impossible list. Of course, of course. It's a great intro to the movie. Absolutely. Sure. But it's not until we get out to the party, meet Michael and meet Fredo, meet Kay, meet Robert I mean, yeah. Duvall, meet Sonny. Exactly. 
there's that's more of a fleshing out. And yes, of course, as the son of immigrants, it's a great uh, speech about being an immigrant in this country and whether you f- feel you can get equal justice to then to people who actually were born in this country. All of that certainly. Um, and Brando and that, you know, what have I ever done to deserve? It's certainly a great intro to Corleone, as you said. But overall, it's the family that is the movie. And we don't get any of the family besides Duvall yeah. at the beginning. So you need uh, to see that you're 100% I mean, right. You need to see yeah. the dynamic of it. Yeah. yeah. Because that's the whole, his entire motivation. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Uh, do we want to compile our list or do we want to bring in? I see Sam waiting in the. Should we do our list first? Yeah, why don't we do our list first, okay. and then we can bring Sam in, and he can tell us his list, and we can say hi for a minute. Oh, yeah. Well, what, Drew, should I bring Drew in to do the bongos? Drew, what are you Your what, call. What, you, you're the one with the busted wing on the bongo, so it's your call. True. Do you want to just drum that's on true. one side or both? Oh, yeah, I'll just draw on one side. Thank you, Drew. I appreciate it, though. Um, you busted out the bongos, Drew, then, you know. Okay, so we Ooh. have... I think that still sounds good. We have different ones, different twos. Yeah. My three yeah. is you're like, what, eight? And up. Yes. Yes. And then Dark Knight, we have four, five. Yeah. We have to so, do some coin flips. I think we're going to do some coin flips. Well, I think Dark Knight, then up, and then we can do some coin flips on ours. So Dark Knight, number one. Yeah. Then up because that's common. Okay. The three, eight. And then after that, we can do our ones and twos. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Uh, people have coins. Do you want to flip? People have coins in the chat that they want to flip. I don't know. Hey, let's bring somebody in. Okay, let's bring somebody in. We brought Drew gonna, before, so we'll use you another day, Drew, but we'll bring in somebody to flip a coin. I'm going to put the link in the chat. So uh, the first one, first? That, whoever joins first. Sounds good. That way it's not. Uh... Boom. All right, it's in there. If you want to join us, whoever comes in first will get to flip first. Uh, that's I'm looking at Dale Varley and Josh Sachs. That's how you come in. Let's Maybe do this, boys. A bow a little bit. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. So Saving Private Ryan versus Apocalypse Now in the Ooh. coin flip. Ooh. All right. You got 30 seconds. If not, we're just going to start flipping coins if nobody shows up because we got we got to move forward with the show. Yeah. Got, I've got, got the, the show's coin right here that Hasso sent this years ago. All right, it's 30, 29, 28, <laughs> Oh, there it is. Jay Goldeneyes is first. Jay. Oh, here we go. Jay, let me take the brand down. Sorry, bud. Hold on, hold on. Boom. What's up, Jay? How are you, bud? <laughs> he's got the coin. Oh, he's got the coin. He can't talk? You can't talk, Jay? What's going on, Jay? Oh, yeah, yeah. Hang on. Let me, let me, um, I, I got to stop the sound on the other one. Okay. All right. uh, stay stay in the chat, everyone, because maybe we'll have do J one flip. Josh wants to do a flip. Dale Varley wants to do a flip. So if, oh, you, mean, if you want to yeah. come in, come in. All right, Jay Golden Eyes, when you're ready, sir, get that coin. I get got it. It's a it's Show a regular quarter. Yeah, All right. It it it's not it's not like one of those fancy quarters that you were talking about with the states or anything. Like that. It's just a regular. <laughs> yeah, 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 fancy. Yeah, okay, sure. I think yours is fancier at this point. I'm saying sneak bullshit. Jay bringing in a blue collar quarter. I respect it, bro. Yeah. I respect Here's it. the largest <laughs> creek in Wabash County on the back of our quarter. All right, I'm done with this. Let's can we go to the Eagle? Let's, let's go back to the Eagle. <laughs> All right, flip it, brother. Let's do it. So this is flip Apocalypse it. Now versus uh yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Down Countdown from three, flip, and then uh John, you can call this one. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Three, two, 
one. Heads. It is tails. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Jay Golden Eyes. Jay, you got a weighted <laughs> coin, Jay. You got a weighted coin. It's <laughs> fake news from Roca hey, once again. Like Dano says, it's all about balance. Wiping out half my choices. Uh, <laughs> all right. Where are we off to next? Uh, well, we got our two, so we got another coin flip. So okay. who else wants uh, a piece? Let's bring in Josh. Josh Sachs. Can you, uh, what's up, bud? How are you? Not too, not too bad, guys. Just uh, as I mentioned, stuck in lockdown, basically. Right yep. on, man. Uh, well, thank you, Jay. Golden Eyes. Right. Yeah, Jay, why'd you dip out? Jay, I wanted to the keep you on the thing. Oh, well. Oh, right. You got a poker coin. All right, dealer I, and what? Nothing? A dealer coin. Okay. Just nothing. Jay, right. come back in for the bongos. I want to talk to you about the bongos. All right, go ahead, uh, Josh. So, dealer, you'll flip. He's flipping. You're going to call, right, Matt? Yeah. Count down okay. from three and then flip, and I'll call it in the air. Go for it, Josh. Three, two, one. Tails. Damn it! it Woo! Damn it! All Sorry, right. Matt. I was I was pulling for you because Roca sent out the invite this morning. Yeah, and said, "Welcome, Outlaw Nation." Oh shit! Son of a bitch! Sorry, everyone. You son of a bitch! I'm used to putting things on the. Uh, oh, sorry about. It. I've I've never sent an email on the uh, on the. Now, uh, fucking usurp! Look, be on the lookout. Uh, I believe. <laughs> May 6th, he's going to try and storm the top 10 capital. <laughs> 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 Fucking. All right, what was your deuce again? I will sorry, delete that you? post. I'm sorry, everyone. Yes. Um, what's your uh, two again? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry. Uh, my two, which I won, right? So I'm yeah. above 2001 yeah. A Space Odyssey. That's right. Completely blanking. All right. Where are we off to now? Uh, so now, let's see. What's How many have we got left? My three is Blade Runner. Because we don't have anything else in common. Okay. All right. So Blade Runner is nice. Um, I have my five. I have my five. Dark Knight. Oh, I have my four. We- Citizen Kane. All right, Citizen Kane. It is. Woo-hoo-hoo. All right. Oh, we got another flip. Uh, I got my five. So you got no. Your five already made it. It did. Yeah. Oh yeah, because it's Dark Knight. So is your All five right. on automatically? All right, where are we at? Um, I got my six. I got my six. Once upon a time in the West. What's All your right. six? Pulp Fiction. Another coin flip. All right, let's bring Dale Varley in. Thanks, Josh. Thank Good you, Josh. You, Be safe, bro. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Varley! What's, what's happening, fellas? What's going down, bro? I love it, man. That beard is to be commended. <laughs> Thank you. It really is. That's Thank a fucking you. man right there. Uh, it, it took a little while, but, you know, we got there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you did. Trust me. Holy shit. Yeah. You can appreciate the majesty of that via stream. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I am impressed. Thank what's you. He got, what's he got behind him? Are those the houses of Harry Potter? Is that what's behind you, bro? Yeah. The wife is a uh, big Harry Potter fan. So, nice. uh, yeah. All my Marvel stuff's over here in the corner. Oh, I get it. I get it. Trust yeah. me. What's your yeah. model stuff? Oh, Marvel stuff. I oh, got a Marvel. couple of, I got models. a couple of Avengers posters. Okay. Oh, cool. Cool. Right. So. You each have your sides. Yeah. I have a uh, standard U.S. mint coin here. Nothing weighted. You know, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing fancy. We appreciate that. All so, right. Well, guys want to call it. Who calls right. it? Who calls it? Am I calling it or you calling it? Uh, it's your turn. So, okay. Dale, right. count down from three and John will call it in the air. All right, sounds good. Three, two, one. Heads. 
It is Tails. Oh, son of a bitch. Damn, baby. Two out of three ain't bad. Weighted. Weighted coins, man. Weighted <sighs> coins. It was standard U.S., man, John. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. <laughs> I feel like John, every time he says weighted coin at this point, he has is more and more of an orange hue. You know? Yeah. Just, oh, me. We, we heard this song and dance, and yet the facts say yeah. it's just everything is on the up and up. Oh, you know? man. Uh, all right. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Seems like a lot. I don't know. Uh, All right, Dale. Thank you so much. Are we? Have we done our whole list? We've done our whole list. That is it. Dale, thanks, fellas. Good to see you, brother. Later, buddy. Good luck in the free for all, outlaw. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Yeah, happening on Saturday, the free for all. Forty contestants, one man leaves or one woman leaves, depend. Um, All right, uh, let's do this thing. Jay, do you have a bongos where you're at, Jay, or no? No, he doesn't. All right, I'll do it. I'll do it. Drew I'll was the it. one that said he had bongos. Oh, that's right. That's right. I just thought maybe Jay would have extra bongos just lying around at the as work site. So, all right. Maybe. Let's do this thing. All right. The top 10 opening scenes of a movie. Yeah. At number 10. Pulp Fiction. At number nine. The Matrix. At number eight. Citizen Kane. <laughs> at number seven. Blade Runner. At number six, Raiders of the Lost Ark. At number five, 2001 A Space Odyssey. At number four, Apocalypse Now. At number three, Saving Private Ryan. Son of a- At number two, Up. And our number one opening scene of a movie is The Dark Knight. Hey, oh, great choices. Great choices. Um, all right, should we bring in Sam Fernando? Yes, bring in Mr. Fernando. Let's hear his list and thank him for what's, hey, what's up, up, Sam? What's, what's going, going on? on? Doing good, doing good. Um, I didn't think my my category was gonna get so much hate. It's not hate. You're <laughs> <laughs> ball busting, bro. Just, you know how we do. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> okay. Um, so the way that I did my list was basically how I felt watching it, and like basically how it sucked me into the movie. Sure. Um. So there's a lot of like a lot of uh, movies that you mentioned. Like in hindsight, had great beginnings. But like when you're yeah. watching them, you won't really know it without the context of the movie. But True. um. So number ten, I have X two, the Nightcrawler scene. Oh, nice choice. Okay. okay. Uh, number nine, Baby Driver. All, All right. Yeah. Sure. That opening banquet, great. Didn't even think about it. Yeah. Number eight, Inglorious Bastards. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, Zodiac. I dude, I struggled. <sighs> Because I love the slow, right. and you see this idyllic world, and it's completely right. shattered, and you don't. I think it's even better because you don't know who the victims are, and you don't know who the killer is, and this yep. is just a. I, I I struggled with that one. I wanted yeah. to, and like it, pre- it prepares you for like a very like brutal movie, just gruesome. Yeah, but the movie really isn't very much except for those the few murder scenes you see. So like you're in it, like oh, is this what this yeah. movie's going to be? And it's, it's really yeah. a slow burn. That opening scene is so cold, and so is the rest of the movie. Yeah. It's like you, yep. you don't feel attachment or warmth with any of this because it's a terrible subject. Exactly. Yeah, true. Um, so number six, I have West Side Story. Yeah. Great, that great, prologue great choice. Is amazing. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, number five, I have Up. Yeah. Okay. Number four, I did Scream. Oh, yeah. I thought about it. But I don't rewatch Scream, so it's not my movie. So, but yeah. I know people love it. I when I was making the list, I went back and started watching it, and because of that, watching that intro, I started watching more of the movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I knew that it was a great intro. Dude, I mean, intro. I saw that shit in the theater, and yeah. I didn't expect 
Barrymore to die. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. She had top billing in the fucking post. Yeah. Maybe I thought it was great, though. And I was like, what a great. And then the rest of the movie to me is like, ah, it's a good teen horror movie. Yeah. 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 Um, Number three, I got Raiders of the Lost Ark. Okay. Yep. Two, I got Dark Knight. And my one, yep. you didn't have on either of your lists. I had Jaws. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's so short. It's so short, but it sucks you in. I was going to jump into my pool after seeing that. It was well, so I, but I think that that reverts back to what you said before. I think it has more of an effect a second time seeing it, now knowing the size and scope of Jaws and what he can do. Hmm. Whereas before, I mean, like I think it's, blackness. I think I mean, it's the first time beginning. you see it, you have no idea what it is. Right. It's a great beginning so, like, because. You have Wait, no right. Yeah, I mean, no you know, the movie's called Jaws. The uh, poster has a big shark. Sure, you know exactly sure. what it is. That's not what I mean. I mean, like you don't see anything. Yeah. Of it. And then, and then, yeah. like after she gets sucked down, just the silence of it, and then that fades yeah. away to the beach. Yeah. If the movie was called Levi, like Leviathan, and you didn't know <laughs> what it looked like, that's true. That's true. But it ends up being this massive shark. Then I would, I agree with you, and be like, I don't know what the fu- Leviathan. What the fuck is this? Yeah, you know. I just thought it set it set up the movie so well. I think you're absolutely. I think what what I ding it on is it's kind of a boring campfire scene. Yeah, and they run yeah, yeah. That, that's the thing. Right? So I don't I but once she gets in the water, you're a thousand percent right because that actress who only had that scene is brilliant at expressing the fear and the horror of this thing actually happening to her at night, no yeah. less. At night, no less, and she's intoxicated. So her mind must be like, is this real or not real? What's happening to me? What the fuck is happening? Her heavy, bre- her quick breathing as she comes up for air thinking she might be safe. And then, and then whoosh, it's fucking a great, great intro for that for sure. So, and then I, Matt, I don't know if you saw on the, on the chat, um, there was some hate <laughs> to your number one because in the, technically the first scene in the saving private Ryan is at the cemetery. I think it works, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know what the chat can do. Do you know what the chat? Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Do you know? Not, I think we're having not technical difficulties. Not They're not wrong. I guess. It, I guess the in that instance, <laughs> it was one of the first ones I wrote down because uh, yeah, I, I mean, just immediately went into that, uh, you know, uh, personnel carrier, and I was like, mm-hmm, oh fuck, mm-hmm. oh fuck, and then it so beautifully illustrates a moment that I. It's tough for me to fathom. For sure. No, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Awesome. Um, all right. Well, Sam, thanks for being a, a Boss Hog patron, man. And thanks for suggesting this topic. We had a fucking blast cutting these down, man. Yeah, it was a good one. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, all right. There was Sam Fernando co- popping in saying hi and uh, much love to him. Oh, wait. Before we do that, uh, before we say goodbye, Jay, what are we going to do about these uh, bongos, bro? What are we do about these bongos? <laughs> uh, send, me, send me the color you want. I'll, 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 get, right. I'll get you guys all another right. one. I like it. I all like right. It. There you go. <laughs> I like it, Jay. Will do. Uh, let me find. Uh, what are you on Twitter? What are you on Twitter? Jay Gold. Are you on, at yeah. Jay Golden Eyes. Okay, cool. Just want yeah. to make sure. All right, brother. Great to see you, man. Thanks for waiting around. Thanks for letting me get in. <laughs> of course, Much love to him, man. I love that guy. Um, all right, dude. Uh, any final words uh, before we wrap up? Uh, but, you know, head over to <laughs> facebook.com forward slash the top 10 podcast with the number 10 or it's at the top 10 podcast on Instagram or top 10 show all spelled out on Twitter and uh, hit us up with those and you can follow me anywhere at Matt Nost uh, go and check out settle the score and uh, NBA if you're into NBA action dropping dimes yeah definitely uh, you can follow me at the Roca says on Twitter and on Instagram swing on over to my YouTube channel youtube.com slash John Roca says see all the stuff we got going on there all the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale reviews we're doing all that stuff that is happening if you're catching up on the series for sure also uh, the cinephiles 
uh, as well, and the Geek Buddies, separate podcast uh, streams as they are. And remember, leave a comment down below. Let us know what your top 10 uh, movie intros are or opening scenes of a movie are. And remember to hit a like button on this thing and share the video as well. We want to get people back, more people onto the uh, top 10 train, more supporters and what have you. So uh, please do your part in helping us do that. All right. We are out of here. Much love to everybody. Thanks. And we'll talk to you next time on another brand new episode of the Top 10 Show. Ooh.